You're listening to Be Health Connected, a podcast by the St. Louis Area Business Health Coalition. Your host for today's episode is Lauren Rimsbecker, BHC Senior Director of Member Engagement and Communications. Hello, I'm Lauren Remsbecker, and welcome back to the BHC's Be Health Connected podcast. Many organizations are familiar with traditional occupational safety practices implemented to protect employees from work-related hazards. But as the pandemic has clearly demonstrated, these hazards extend far beyond the physical workplace environment and can include other job-related and sociodemographic factors that negatively impact an employee's well-being. For this reason, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, also known as NIOSH, established the Total Worker Health Program over a decade ago to support employers, labor representatives, and other public health professionals in protecting employee physical and psychological safety while advancing holistic health and productivity. On today's episode, we speak with Cha-Cha Chang, Partnership Coordinator in the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Office of Total Worker Health, to obtain an update on this national program, emerging priorities, and resources to assist employers in implementing best practices. Cha-Cha, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's a pleasure to be here and to share Total Worker Health with your audience. Great. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our first question. And for those listeners that may not be familiar, would you mind providing an overview of the Total Worker Health program? Sure. Total Worker Health emphasizes a system's upstream approach to worker safety, health, and well-being. Uh, Total Work Health refers to policies, programs, and practices at the workplace that integrate protection from work-related safety and health hazards with promotion of injury and illness efforts, prevention efforts to advance worker well-being. Total Worker Health means ensuring that workers are safe and designing policies and programs and practices that advance worker well-being. And in the end, uh, the, the goal would be to have workers that are healthier and happier after their work shift than when they started. This will, of course, pay off for employers and communities who the workers will uh, go back to work the next day and where uh, the workers live. And when we think about this landscape of, you know, worker health and well-being and safety, uh, it's quite broad. Uh, So could you help us to understand maybe what the most pressing issues threatening the health and safeties of workers are today? That's a good question. Unfortunately, there's quite a bit. Mental health is a concern more than ever over the past year and a half for people who've been able to work from home, isolation in the virtual working environment, as well as stresses about life events contribute to challenges. Stigma exists, unfortunately, and uh, there's often a burden placed on preventing individuals from being sick. And uh, the burden is often a little too uh, much on workers um, and it would be nice if there were more emphasis on how workplaces could really help assure good mental health of workers. 
as the pace of change in our society, economy, and workplaces quicken, and there, there's more demands placed on workers, it's widely expected that the mental health workers will face a, a real assault, physical and mental fatigue, isolation, like I mentioned, sleep impairment in this always-on world is a concern for mental health. In addition to all this uh, awareness, fortunately, about uh, social and economic disparities, that is something that hopefully could, um, the, the recognition that's been given to it, hopefully could help make a difference in the future. And the traditional chronic diseases that people have, that is going to impact mental health if you're worried about how to manage your chronic disease. A renewed focus on a better understanding of the pathways of worker stress, its origins, prevention, its connection to mental health disorders, and anecdotes would be more critical than ever. But related to this is the opiate crisis and substance use disorders. These often originate from injuries related to work. It's critical to provide workplace-supported recovery programs and policies to prevent initial the very beginning of substance use and to decrease the risk of substance misuse and its progression to a substance use disorder. It's important to help workers seek the care they need and provide assistance in recovery, including staying at work and returning to work. Other concerns are changing employment patterns, such as the trends toward non-standard work arrangements in the form of contingent, temporary contract or on-call work. We've, again, seen this over the past year where we're relying on the, the workers who are uh, delivering food for us or picking up food for us in the grocery store. It's very unpredictable when they're going to work, how many hours they're going to be able to work, and how much income they're, they're going to have. This may cause stress because of the uncertainty and the inability to know when you'll be working and how you could schedule your life. It also makes the supervisor relationship sometimes non-existent. If your work is based on a platform or an app, uh, you don't have a good way to seek assistance if you have a problem. These include limited job benefits. Um, you know, People in this gig economy often do not have that. Um, limited job benefits, um, and the people generally often have to choose between um, getting paid, getting a paycheck, or their health. And uh, a couple more things. The changing nature of work itself, you know, how you're doing your job is also a major concern. The changes in technology and increased use of robotics and artificial intelligence is a challenge. We need to learn more about machine-human interactions and the burden on human workers if uh, human workers are expected to be sort of hum superhuman through things like exoskeletons or have uh, cognitive support. And related to this is unfortunately increased surveillance. And what's that mean for privacy and trust and how workers feel about uh, whether they're being monitored and how much about other lives other uh, employers know about. Finally, there's most, much concern related to technology um, for job security. Are employers supporting workers in skills development and reskilling? Similarly, jobs may be changing due to cross-cutting issues such as uh, public health crisis or climate change. 
in emergencies? Are we taking care of mental health of the response workers? As temperatures rise around the world, what does this mean for people who work outside? Those are really uh, cross-cutting hot-button issues that are sort of different from what we've experienced in the past. And finally, the nature of jobs themselves are still remain a threat to worker safety and health. The degree to which workers have control over their own job duties, locations, and schedules can impact their relationships outside of work, this, the extent to which that they have um, that they are, are able to see their family and friends and be social, their time, and the resources that they have to be healthy, as well as, as I mentioned, their job stress. All these downstream health outcomes, such as obesity and cardiovascular disease, often have a connection to the workplace and your, jobs, your job itself. You've done an excellent job of really laying out the problems that uh, organizations and employees are facing uh, when it comes to really maintaining their health and safety over time. Um, as we think to you know, solutions, uh, are there some examples of how employers are using total worker health strategies to support their employees in overcoming these issues, um, you know, especially during COVID-19? Yeah, there is a lot of interest from employers about total work health strategies. People are recognizing the importance of having a systems approach and really getting at the root of the problem. Like they say, you know, a stitch in time, instead of trying to uh, take care of chronic disease once they arise, people are recognizing that there are things that are happening in the workplace that could exacerbate chronic disease and employers have control over those policies and programs um, or, or it for you know, professionals who look at root cause, it's not just looking at, well, you're, you're uh, sick because you're stressed out and you're not getting exercise. You could go further, dig deeper and say, why are you stressed out? Why are you not getting your ex exercise? Is it because you're working three jobs? Well, of course, you wouldn't have time to do uh, other things for yourself. That's an example of how employers can really um, help workers by developing policies and programs that are supportive, you know, creating the infrastructure to help employees, especially during challenging times. Key total work health strategies would be to provide more flexibility and autonomy for workers. And the two aren't necessarily the same. You could have more flexibility about your schedule, but if you don't have the decision, if you aren't able to make decisions about um, when to go on vacation, that's going to be a challenge by building up trust and having systems in place, employers can be better prepared when situations arise. And that is a long-term commitment. Unfortunately, by the time you have an issue, it's, it could be a little too hard, a little too late to be trying to create change. Examples of useful strategies would be having worker-centered problem solving, you know, asking workers themselves to help design their job duties and design their responsibilities and schedule. Having equitable wages and safe staffing levels. We've heard about how difficult it is right now. Some employers are really having challenges with uh, getting staff, hiring staff. And when you're understaffed and your existing staff could be overworked, working long hours. So it's really critical to do what you can to have safe staffing levels, whether it's through 
providing more staffing or somehow reducing the burden, reducing the workload on people. Um, besides equitable wages, also leave and benefits optimization. Again, ask, ask workers what benefits would be useful to you. Is it an education credit? Is it more training? Is it more time off or higher or higher salary? What is useful to you in your life? And more supportive supervision is related to that. Again, that means um, having clear, frequent, and, and transparent communication that's sincere, that helps build trust and lets people know that um, the workplace actually does care about their worker well-being. And uh, total workout would, of course, ensure that there's no uh, harassment and violence and discrimination and that their people are treated fairly and equally. This includes performance appraisals and promotional opportunities. Do people feel like they are having a fair and equal chance for advancement and career development? So basically, it is really um, getting worker input to have uh, health enhancing job designs to pay attention to work life fit and to have a, a, a systems approach to seeing what work factors can are doing to um, help, hopefully help promote health and not just uh, not just keep people from getting sick. Everything that you've mentioned so far is uh, just so poignant when it comes to thinking about, um, you know, kind of beyond just traditional wellness programs and endpoint solutions. But as you said, really getting to the infrastructure of how teams and departments and order organizations are operating. Uh, and I hope that our, our audience um, can take that away as sort of a, a point to look inward and sort of understanding um, how their current policies and programs are really supporting employees. And, you know, I know one of the reasons we were so eager to get you all scheduled on the podcast is that, you know, just last month, uh, September of, of 2021, uh, NIOSH announced the funding of 10 uh, total worker health centers of excellence. And I was hoping that maybe you could elaborate on how these centers are going to be advancing the mission of the program overall. Yeah, we are really excited about our centers of excellence. We've had six previously, and so it's super exciting that now we have 10. The centers are hubs for total work health related research and practice that build the scientific evidence base necessary to develop new solutions for all these complex uh, issues that I've talked about. The research at the centers help generate new knowledge and provide practical solutions to keep workers safe and healthy and to help employers build and retain a productive workforce. When people ask about total worker health, you know, we provide research and um, translation materials and a lot of that come from the centers of excellence. The centers use multidisciplinary research projects, including intervention-focused research, they conduct outreach and education. They conduct evaluation activities to help understand the various solutions available to employers. The centers are really an invaluable resource. They cover a wide variety of issues relevant to a total work health approach. And what's really nice is that they each have their own approach. They are innovative and being creative, and that's very helpful. Uh, especially when we look to the future of work and all the issues I just discussed. 
their novel research and interventions really have the potential to improve safety, health, and well-being of workers, and which would, of course, in turn help employers and communities and society as a whole. You know, we've really appreciated our connection to our regional center of excellence, you know, the Healthier Workforce Center of the Midwest and all the different partners across the country that are really putting, you know, all of their intelligence and, and resources into uh, supporting employers and making many of these strategies a reality in different organizations. Uh, and to that point, um, I wanted to uh, speak a little further about maybe some of the tools and resources that are available for employers that are ready to take action after listening to today's podcast. Just this year, we released a new tool, which we're very proud of. It's the NIOSH Worker Wellbeing Questionnaire, WellBQ. It's free for use by employers or anybody. Employers can offer workers the opportunity to take the survey so that there can be assessment, uh, an assessment of worker well-being. We recommend that workers and employers collaborate to develop a plan, goals, objectives, follow-up actions for administering the questionnaire. It's really good for identifying changes in worker well-being and differences among worker populations, say across your work sites or team units. It's useful to have it you know, take a baseline assessment. And then as you are developing and improving your policies and programs, have another assessment in a year or two and see how your, uh, the well-being of the workforce has changed. That is free in, in our website. Another tool that's uh, very simple is the fundamentals of total workout approaches. That's also NIOSH developed with the help of our, our centers of excellence. It has a couple of worksheets so you can do a self-assessment and, and create an action plan. Our centers of excellence have very easy to use resources and there are so many of them. The, centers for, the Center for Promotion of Health in the New England Workplace has an online set of tools for a healthy workplace participatory program. The Oregon Healthy Workforce Center has toolkits, case studies, and also podcasts. We have an affiliate network, which includes the St. Louis Area Business Health Coalition. And actually, I love your employer guide. It really provides great ideas and guidance, and you, you were able to do that through a partnership with the Midwest Center, as you stated. Uh, our other centers have a lot of resources, such as um, Harvard has a wish assessment to do an organizational assessment. The Colorado Center has a health links program where you could do an organizational assessment and then get some consultation advice. And of course, to keep up to date, uh, NIOSH has quarterly webinars and newsletters. And we invite you and everybody listening to reach out if there's anything we could do to help. That's wonderful. Just, you know, a wealth of, of information and tools at the fingertips of employers. And uh, we'll be sure that on the landing page of, of this podcast episode on, on the website that we include a link out to the Total Worker Health website and, and some of the information that you've mentioned so that people can find that easily. Uh, you know, I just really appreciate, Cha-Cha, the time that you've given us today. We are so grateful for NIOSH's continued commitment to advancing worker safety and well-being through the Total Worker Health Program. And the BHC looks forward to continuing our work, uh, uh, you know, with our regional partners as an affiliate of the Healthier Workforce Center of the Midwest. Uh, as we close today's episode, are there any parting thoughts that you would like to leave with our audience? 
I definitely want to thank you for this opportunity. And we are really proud to have the St. Louis Area Business Health Coalition in our affiliate network. And the, your employee guide really is one of my favorites. I recommend that to people. But in general, there's a tremendous opportunity for employers to facilitate the well-being of workers. We've heard about uh, the different challenges. We've discussed this today. But employers who are innovative and uh, transparent and have workers involved could really uh, do a lot to advance worker well-being. And they could be recognized. They realize that you know, taking care of their workers is a competitive advantage and that helps them be the go-to employer. And in uh, an era where it's hard to find staff, I think distinguishing yourself through these innovations can be really helpful. After all, the healthier the worker, the healthier the organization and the more sustainable the organization will be and the more successful. Thanks again for this opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Be Health Connected podcast. For additional episodes or to learn more about employer resources available through the St. Louis Area Business Health Coalition, please visit www.stlbhc.org. Thank you.